0: But not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash not just anyone.
1: Phase zero. 39. I cannot believe it. we're almost at 40 episodes. That is honestly so crazy. Yes. Um, I know. It is so awesome. Um, I'm your host, Jenna Anderson, for the first half of the show. And the second half of the show, we will be talking to Venom Let There Be Carnage director Andy Circus. so stay tuned for that. There will be full spoilers. I will just warn you now, so if you have not seen that movie, tread lightly in the second half of the show. But um, for the first half today, we have some MCU news, and we have our reactions to the season finale of What If. If you couldn't tell if you're watching live, Jim Viscardi is very excited <laughs>
2: um, let's go folks yes. i'm just so, excited to be invited back to the show brandon's <laughs> gone um,
1: him. <laughs> i'm your host jenna anderson for the first half i'm joined today by the aforementioned jim viscardi as well as aaron perrine hey guys hey,
3: hey guys sorry layla about the spoilers <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, we we will hi- like we will mark that it is spoilers, so you will you will be warned. Um, yes. Just to start things off, in terms of news, um, Venom saved the box office. I in never, a
2: move, who saw that coming?
1: I never would have imagined. Like if you told me in 2018 when the first Venom came out that it's like Venom and Eddie are going to save cinema, I would not have believed you. But that is where <laughs> we're at right now. Um, Venom: Let There Be Carnage had a 90 million dollar opening weekend domestically. It outgrossed the first Venom, which is so crazy. Um, and it had the second best October opening after Joker, which... Considering the pandemic and considering everything and just all of the movies that have come out in October that is just bonkers in and of itself. It is very surreal that Venom is responsible for now resurging the cinema experience. I know my showing was almost full which was kind of crazy so it's, it's just great to see. Um, I know now that the movie is out and now that more of us have seen it um, I know Jim and I both have our thoughts so Jim do you want to share your initial reaction to Venom too?
2: Yeah, I mean look, this is a movie that is completely driven by its IP, right? Like this is a like Venom is in that echelon of characters like Deadpool or whatever, like that is Spider-Man whatever that will always that will always make money, right? Venom succeeds because of Venom in the same way Batman succeeds because he's Batman and whatever. And so like when you add Carnage into that mix, obviously a lot of people get uh, get excited for that. And uh, so, like the box office is surprising in the fact that, in really, more the amount. I think we all expected this movie to do well because, like, literally, like just because of the aesthetic and and all of that. This is also a movie that was driven by its post credit scene, right? And so, when information got out, and look, and Sony was smart; they they held fan screenings. They when you hold a fan screening. <laughs> You know, there is no holding back secrets from your movie there. And so once that gets out, people want to see it to believe it. And in, you know, and so like, so that's all that also plays a big, big factor is, all eyes are really going to be on this second week. And I think it's tough because we are getting Bond uh, this week. And so that I'm sure is going to eat into the Venom box office, but you know, Venom has done pretty well this week. Uh, Like I said, honestly, it's going to be one of those things that I think lives or dies by, uh, by word of mouth. And we'll also, I'm more excited because of the first movie grew exponentially overseas. And it's really going to be, man an, an interesting ride on on where all of the on all of this goes the movie <laughs> is a movie right like it's <laughs> there are there are aspects of this movie when i watch this movie you can tell that there is another movie there that i don't think we got to see in the sense that they really pushed the envelope on the violence in this movie mm. and and i it's one of like almost to the point where you feel like there has to be more, but like they needed to keep a PG 13 rating. So that stuff got left on the cutting room floor. Will we ever find out if that is true or not? Eh, maybe who knows, but, but it's just, it's just, it's been a really interesting thing to see, right? Like this is again, you know, a movie that is, is really truly driven by its fan base. Uh, those who, if you're the, and we said this going in, right? If you loved Venom, the first Venom, you're going to, you were going to like, Venom let there be carnage and that has paid off you know basically in spades and again Venom's one of those movies again like we've talked about that has kind of grown in popularity in the years since more people have watched it and they go oh this actually isn't as bad as uh as I remember or or whatever but like honestly though too I I don't think enough can be said about Tom Hardy and his his portrayal of this role and Mm -hmm. and really kind of owning that like that relationship between uh eddie and the symbiote is is truly a magical one uh i just you know wish we got a, a, a little bit of a, a better film with it but i mean i was entertained and look that's all you can really ask for in these days
1: mm-hmm. i Sorry, agree completely very long <laughs> answer. No, that was perfect. Um, I agree completely. I also think the box office is so interesting because this movie was so short compared to a lot of the other movies that we've had in this kind of post-COVID era. era. I think having it be just over 90 minutes probably helped a lot in the box office being what it is because it's less of a commitment to go sit there and watch it. Um, I The best compliment I can give this movie is that it feels like reading a 90s comic book. It gets, sure the, it gets the decadence and the maximalism and the just kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks and it doesn't always work and it might age a little poorly but you still have to commend it for just doing so much and doing it in this way that is kind of very passionate I agree with you like Tom Hardy's take on Venom I feel like will become at some point it will join the pantheon of like these are the perfect comic book movie portrayals because the commitment that he brings to this character is absolutely absurd like there is no reason for him to care this much but the fact that he does and that he's improvising scenes and writing the script and getting a story credit is just really incredible to see so I I enjoyed the movie purely in the sense of like just being able to sit there and enjoy it in all of its absurdity I thought that that was just really fun it is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination but it's one of those things where I can't help but admire it for what it's trying to do
2: I will say I did like they did do a better job with the opposing symbiote in this movie than they did with the other one. Right. Carnage is one that, man, if you mess that one up, there is no, there's no coming back from that. And I think, uh, you know, in the the first one, Riot is a, is a, is a tough, uh, a tough one to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But man, I think I thought they, they nailed the look of carnage, the, the, the carnage of carnage, uh, you know, all really, really well. I still can't get that. Like tongue down the throat scene, Adam.
1: <laughs> I know. It's it is. so much.
2: Every time I see that that <laughs> gif on Twitter, I'm just like, whoa. yeah I
1: completely agree Um, but yeah so that's our initial thoughts on Venom 2 obviously if you want more of the back half of the show we'll have you covered with Andy Serkis Um, in other Marvel related news uh, Black Widow is now streaming for everybody on Disney Plus today um, which is an awesome thing and it is perfect timing because late last week in the post credit scene of phase zero of last week in Aaron's words the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit got resolved between Scarlett and Disney Um, it is reportedly for more than 40 million dollars and ScarJo had a quote which was quote i'm happy to have resolved our differences with disney i'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team i look forward to continuing our collaboration in the years to come so for anyone who wanted to really see her tower of terror movie we now know that's going to happen most likely Mm -hmm. because of this deal and everything's just also resolved we have all of that that mess of the lawsuit over so what are you guys thought on it
2: and like, look, she's and like, I, like and I'm glad that it ha- you know, it resolved in that way, because when you look at what the box office take was for for Shang-Chi, and then obviously you see how successful uh, Venom was, that there is a good chance that Black Widow would have been just as successful, if not more, had it had gone to had it had gone to theatrical. And so, um, so it's good to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Aaron, what do you think?
2: Uh, I always thought it would get resolved,
3: you know, like yeah. at some point there was too much money and too much, <laughs> too many things at play for this not to get resolved as evidenced by the end of what if this week, she yeah. is clearly still a major part of the MCU. They're not like pushing her aside in any mm-hmm. way. I feel like we will see her at some point down the road again at just a matter of when like most of the original Avengers. So it's nice we get out here now. Give us the trailer to Tower of
2: Terror. <laughs> I had to figure that out I agree
1: um, Jim, do you want to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special news?
2: Yeah So, you know, James love James Gunn Always responding to fans uh, on Twitter And they always reveal some of the the strangest, uh, you know, bits of news So in that, you know, basically, you know, he said He goes, in my incredibly subjective and admittedly often odd opinion We'll be introducing one of the greatest MCU characters of all time And so obviously that sent fans you know, going down a rabbit hole of is it going to be Nova? Is it going to be so and so? I have a theory for you. I think it's. I think it's going to be Santa Claus and, I was just and James. To say that. Yeah. And James Gunn is going to be the one to introduce mutants into the MCU.
3: Mhm. I in Claus.
2: the
1: same theory. I in a perfect world it would be Santa Claus played by Mark Hamill cuz I know oh. we've like oh, dreams of having it would be amazing. It would be so cool and knowing that the holiday special will pay homage to the Star Wars one it's like you kind of there's a way to bring Mark Hamill into that in a way that could be very self-aware and very funny and just seeing Mark Hamill as an omega level mutant Santa Claus feels like <laughs> the most James Gunn <laughs> thing to do. So that I'm completely in agreement with there. That's my theory. Yeah. Aaron, what do you oh. think?
3: Um, I knew that it would be like a, like some sort of weird pull. The Santa Claus thing seems like a pretty, pretty safe bet. I think yeah, you guys are really on to something there. Yeah, I, 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 I love know.
2: the idea. And I really hope I didn't like spoil it for myself <laughs> and anyone else by saying that. <laughs> uh-huh. But like, it's just such a, like, just because we know James is such a love, like, has such a love for the comics is just mm-hmm. something, is something else. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's all right.
3: I, I usually when James Gunn says something weird like that, I just go and knock on Adam's <laughs> door and be like, pick something <laughs> from the weird compendium of like cosmic Marvel stuff. And what do you think it's going to be? Mm-hmm. So I will go ahead and I'll ask him and we will report <laughs> back next week. I'm sure there's some sort of weird thing where he's like, this is how it's going to go.
1: I will just um, say, if, if Brandon were here, he would be talking about how it would be Nova for like thirty minutes. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to stay to the Santa theory. I think that that would be awesome. Um, Aaron, do you want to talk about the Blade news or not news of the past <laughs> week?
3: Oh, sure. So every once in a while, when I log on to uh, start my day here at comicbook.com, there's something already waiting for me when I get it. Get into saying hello to everybody and get a little bit of caffeine in me. And Marvel India posted a graphic. Was that
2: yesterday, Jim? Uh yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. Like
2: for, it was like first it happened it happened like obviously overnight because India's, you know, x hours ahead of us. But but yeah, everyone found it like first thing in the morning. First
3: thing in the morning, they posted a graphic that incorrectly, I should preface, yes. incorrectly yes. showed that Blade was scheduled for a release on October seventh, twenty 2022 between Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and the Marvels. And then it threw Marvel Twitter into a tailspin because we do not have a release date for Blade. And finding it out on some random Marvel proprietary Twitter account would be very, very strange, but very on brand for how wild all the the different projects have been so far. So Blade's not coming out on uh, October the 7th, but do we think that it is going to be that close or like that soon? Because the slate's real full. The slate's real, real packed.
1: I, I think we'll wait until 23. It's the thing of like, they would have had to have started production already. And I don't see them secretly right. starting production completely under our noses when this movie has a director and a single cast member. So that would be kind of hard have, to a secret.
2: And they have so many other things literally in production right now that yeah. like, you know, their teams are only so big uh, that, you know, there's, there's, I mean, look, I mean, we know a pro a project just wrapped. We're, we're
1: gonna that. get to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah,
2: <laughs> they just freed up some resources. They could start. Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: Stacy's working on the scripts. Uh, yeah, she worked on yeah, washing so. But I I don't think that they filmed this entire thing under the cover of night. Although, (laughs) nothing about the whole Blade thing has made sense anyway. We're like, Feige just came. It seems like 86 (laughs) years ago was like, hey, Marshala, get up here. (laughs) And Here's a hat. And none of us know. We're just like, oh, I guess Blade's happening. Sure. Mm -hmm. Fine. But yeah, I think it's probably going to be either 23 or 24. You got Moon Knight. You got this Marvel you've got other assumed projects that we're going to talk about
2: later that might turn up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jim, do you want to talk
2: about Moon Knight? I mean, it wrapped so that me Disney investor days right around the corner could mean any number of things. I'm really hoping that we get a first look or, or something uh, I would imagine we'll probably get, we may get a confirmation of maybe who Ethan Hawke is playing or something like that. Uh, like I said, I mean, look, I am like, I know we all saw the, the, the concept art that may or may not be real kind of thing. Um, I would love to see it in an, in, in official capacity, even if it was like, I think when they announced or one of the first things they showed of Captain Marvel, I think was one of the, the folks in the visual development department. I can't remember which one. So I'm, so I'm sorry. I don't know if it was Andy Park or, um, or Ryan, but like, was just the you know Captain Marvel in costume as concept art. I'm totally okay with that. I don't need to see Oscar Isaac walk out in costume. That's totally fine. Uh, like just, just something like that. I think just will, would go go a long way. I think now they're they're ready to start dripping some of that stuff out, knowing that Disney Plus Day is coming. They're going to want to push that subscription service. And what a way to you know get people to to sign up to letting them know one of the best show uh, one of their future best shows is about to uh, be on the horizon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like the Disney Plus Day special, like if anything, we'll just get really good concept art for She-Hulk and Moon Knight and those kind of like twenty twenty two shows. I almost said twenty three. Time is an illusion, um, but but yeah, I I'm excited just to see whatever we get, and knowing that they've wrapped is is exciting. So, um, Aaron, what do you think about the Moon Knight news of the week?
3: Um, uh, you know, I, I like <laughs> that there are some projects that we do not. Know everything about and that we Mm -hmm. Haven't seen
2: a bunch of the stuff about Although there are those those pictures Oddly enough it's mostly It's mostly the Disney Plus shows that are Uh That have like the most kept secrets Yeah the best kept secrets at least So I'm for that yeah exactly and so
3: like that's sort of refreshing and cool because we just yep. don't know what to expect which is like, really really nice like i mean when the hawkeye trailer came out i literally had like ah it should be fine i'm gonna watch it because we have to cover it here but i don't have any real investment and by the time we got to the end of like you know a little two minutes i was like oh let's go yeah. i would die for lucky i would die yeah. for him yeah. uh so yeah that's that's i i'm excited i mm-hmm. and i i'm not I'm going to rely on Jenna and Jim explaining <laughs> more of Moon Knight's lore to me as we go along because it's not something I've delved into a ton. Like, no, I think man. the first time I ever heard of it was, like, in those Marvel's Legends games. Mm,
0: like, mm-hmm. the ones yeah. that
3: play, like, Ultima or Diablo. And I was like, oh, this dude looks cool. Let's see what he's doing. But I'm so... This is all great. I don't know.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the other TV news that may or may not be true? <laughs>
3: okay so it happened again like the same thing we just rewind <laughs> back to where i was when i talked about oh boy there might we might be getting blade i woke up two two days ago and they were like yo we think that daredevil is getting a disney plus show that comes from danny rickman's patreon and hints that there might be a new solo daredevil project what would we'll see some of the cast members from the netflix show returning and i know once again adam and his tribe <laughs> of, of bring back daredevil are <laughs> very very Save, hashtag save Daredevil. Very excited. Charlie Cox's wonderful, wonderful forearms could be on your TV screens (laughs) at some point in the future. Um, I think that we are probably headed towards this, although it's not going to be the kind of reboot that the fans probably would have wanted. But I guess getting some of the elements back is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. As long as it's some sort of like soft reboot. And it's also the thing of just, I'm excited at the idea of seeing Charlie Cox and all of these other characters from the show interact with the larger MCU. So if we have to change their canon slightly in order to make that happen, like, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make, because I think it'll just be so much fun to see like Kingpin and Daredevil and all these other elements like in the larger sandbox. It's Jim, like
3: Oh, go go ahead,
2: Jeff. You know, I mean, look, I think, like, you know, if the rumor, if the rumors are true, it looks like that they're already going to be seeding to that, right? And so, like, so it would make total sense, right? It was one of hair is one of Netflix's biggest hits, so why wouldn't Disney Plus, you know, why wouldn't Disney want more of that? Now, you know, like I said, like it'll be interesting to see what they do with the tone because Netflix had a very distinctive tone, but there are plenty of other. Daredevil stories that are not necessarily that tone or there are other ways Like we know how dark Disney, uh, you know, Disney is willing to go. We saw it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've seen it, you know, in bits and pieces here and there. And so, so I'm hoping we get a bit more of a mix there. Uh, if it ever comes to fruition, then, then we maybe have gotten in the past. But, uh, I mean, look, I, there's, I would love to see, uh, more Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. And, and I would love to see more, uh, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. I mean, those were, they were great performances. Um, and I think though, you know, that crew deserves another chance, uh, for the limelight.
1: I completely agree. So before we get into the Andy Serkis interview, the What If finale debuted today. And obviously, there's a lot to talk about. So Aaron, you're at the top of the board. So why don't you share your reactions?
2: Richard, um, give, us a, give us a spoiler. Bo- uh, a spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler warning. So,
1: spoiler okay.
2: warning. <laughs> um, so
3: I, I enjoyed it. Um, I guess I was not expecting it to resolve so cleanly. Um, it was very, very interesting that it resolved like, Oh, and this set of stories is over and you guys don't have to worry about that. But there were a lot of weird things. Like when people said that this was going to be as important as a live action, I was like, my eyebrows did raise. I'm like, how are you going to do that? When strange is casting the spells to explain to them about the <laughs> infinity smasher There's those three rings again, and this is the fourth time we've gotten multiple rings stacked up on top of each other in like a six month period. So I'm like, (laughs) Oh Lord, what's, what's going to happen? I am. I was very, very excited to see. I'm like, Oh boy, the multiverse is going to be a thing. Um, I, I, enjoy seeing all the characters together i enjoy the fact that jim has having one of us write something like who all who raise your hand if you thought killmonger was going to betray everybody there you go there, <laughs> is. All right. there you go we get that out the way a lot of the other fun character stuff although i am going to ask what was the point of the zombies episode if the only payoff for it was to just dump a bunch of zombies on top of weird ultron vision Like we didn't even get Peter back. I was like, Oh, the little guy didn't make it. Oh man.
2: Well, I I think that was, I mean, I think that was just to, to get the, uh, to get Wanda, but I was hoping in that moment we would get some form of a connection. I guess you get it when Wanda realizes that vision is under all of that armor Mm -hmm. and then it, and then, and then it just, and then it just cuts.
1: Yeah. So, Jim, what did you think about the episode kind of overall?
2: it It's one of the things where, like, obviously, in these last two episodes, you understand why Marvel did what they did in the episodes leading up to it. I, But then what happens, though, is... Y- you get rushed moments now in this finale where they only have X amount of uh, of minutes to, to fill. And they're trying to obviously fill in connections to all these other episodes. That just makes me wish that there was a little bit more interconnectivity into the ongoing narrative before really going from zero to a hundred in like the last three, basically, you know, last two really. And because there, because a lot happens in those two episodes that it, you know those the last two episodes feel like an Infinity War endgame kind of scenario that they basically crammed into eight weeks where it took the MCU 10 years, right? And so so there, there, there's these weird like just these little things where they could have expounded a bit more or or give a bit more gravitas to some of the character moments, I think, if they had tried to kind of connect it throughout uh the, the whole season. Now I'm sure there are reasons why and, and whatever. And they're like oh, look. I, not my show I didn't write it and I think that everyone who the, the whole crew team did did a fantastic job but the last two episodes were the wild ride I was expecting for uh, uh, for this series and so um, I, and I think the ending yeah I saw a lot of people be like oh well this whole series was a waste it has no implications on the on the MCU and that is the furthest thing from it like it where we previously thought a door was was closed it is now not it's not even cracked open it's it's like halfway basically (laughs) because the thing that dr or the sort you know the dr strange character does at the end of that movie is now a looming threat uh i hope right (laughs) because that is a it's a it's a weird macguffin kind of thing to have out there just looming for people who may want that kind of Ultron redemption because of what we got in age of Ultron or, or just, you know, Arnim Zola's face in, uh, in visions torso <laughs> is a great visual and, and, and super and like, uh, a really interesting, um, you know, just like just piece to kind of add that. But, the, but the idea that, strange that there is a strange out there that is powerful enough to create these pocket dimensions that he needs to keep an eye on maybe a thing we see coming sooner than we think right like that's that is like it's it's it is and that's and that's what marvel does best those are the things that uh that kind of seeding that we will will do i think it helps set up for what if season two i think it helps set up for some of the things that we know are going to come in spider-man and in doctor strange um which makes this required watching i also think too to an extent you can watch the last two episodes of what if and kind of be totally fine like if Mm -hmm. you just are okay with the fact that there are going to be other versions of these characters you know uh, all put together it you know it, it it's great And I just want to see live action Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. So that's, so please Marvel, please make that happen.
1: Yep completely in agreement there I I agree with both of you like I think The episode the episode had a lot that I Liked I feel like there were elements that were definitely A little bit more rushed than they could have Been I would have taken like half as many Jokes from Party Thor if it meant (laughs) we would Have gotten a little bit more of Gamora because Gamora I wanted more of that Version of Gamora I think that universe I know that might have been like the episode that Was like cut due to COVID or whatever But I wanted to see more Of that universe and I feel like what we got was Just so little but I think I think there were so many elements that were so cool like the visuals in that third act fight when when Captain Carter is on top of Ultron like ripping off the robot helmet to get to Vision inside like that was just such a cool looking shot so much so much of the cinematography was just on another level and I really enjoyed um Captain Carter and Natasha's dynamic in both universes I think that that was really cool um I like the BFF of it all because we have to kind of be Disney about it um, but I know me and Jamie will probably have a new ship coming out of this episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that this was a really interesting finale. And I think that the, the elements that are kind of at play now, it it will be just be really interesting to see like in season two and in multiverse of madness and wherever, where we can kind of go next. Cause I feel like there's so much potential there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you do y'all have anything else to add about what if before we take a break? I and love. Go into I love circus? that they
2: put Captain Carter in her own version of the Winter Soldier costume because yes. that's my favorite costume of all time, and I so <laughs> uh, I definitely loved seeing that. It was a nice little, nice little nod and Easter egg, yeah. and. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, look. I think overall, this series is a definite mixed bag, um, and I know there are. Uh, folks who, you know, want to just write off the entire series because of that. And, and I think that's unfair. I mean, look, we, we've all had our, our criticisms of, of this show. Uh, I'm not saying the show is entirely redeemed in the last two episodes, but the last two episodes to me were a ton of fun to watch way more fun than the other, than the other episodes. I get why they had to do it. I, you know, I just wish there was a different way, but you know, it's, it's a thing where, uh, you know, it, like I said before, the questions that it, that it opens is has me has me excited. Aaron, do you the have whole, anything else? Oh. The whole magic side of I,
3: I definitely saw the gnat and her friendship, and yeah, that's bait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, the Tumblr, t- the days of Tumblr have taught me anything. I'm like, oh no. Uh, oh. So that was interesting. <laughs> Um I guess the weird parts of like the infinity stones apparently work outside of their mm-hmm. like yeah, that's
2: universes a, it's a weird I don't know it's a weird thing yeah, I think that's I, I almost wonder if this was written I don't know if I'm going to say if it was written before Loki uh but there's definitely, you know, I think, I think we, we look, I think we have an opportunity coming up where that's a question we can ask, right? Like what are the rules of the infinity stones? And we'll see if, see if we get one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean like that, that, that was a, we knew, I guess, like, you know, I guess we knew that they obviously work differently in other, uh, in other universes and maybe they don't work in the TVA because no magic works in the TVA, but it, if, if that's the case then i feel like ultron jumping from multiverse to multiverse and just basically you know having superpowers everywhere also doesn't necessarily line up and so that's a, that that is a very big question to ask okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that, like Marvel doesn't raise a question that big and not answer it at some point. So I feel like we will eventually get all of that kind of figured out. But, I mean, um, what, a way,
2: what a way to put the Infinity Stones back in play.
1: No I mean, kidding. We've, we've, yeah, we
2: thought that they were gone and nope, they're here.
1: Yeah, we thought they were paperweights and now we suddenly care about them again. Um, And if you if you want more what if discussion, we might have guests on the show next week that might be tied to what if Um, I think the details are still being ironed out. But if Mm -hmm. you stay tuned to the phase zero Twitter account, we will provide updates as they come about. Um, But yeah, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And after that, you will get to see Brandon's interview with Venom Let There Be Carnage director Andy Serkis. Um, So stay tuned.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else, and it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash, and they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights, you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back. No questions asked. So head to BollandBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
4: Right now, I'm joined by an epic special guest. He is one of the most talented filmmakers and actors on the planet. Uh, You know, uh, you may know him as Caesar from Planet of the Apes, Gollum from from Lord of the Rings, Ulysses Claw from Avengers Age of Ultron and Black Panther, or as Richard Nealon from the hit film 13 Going on 30, underrated gem, (laughs) (laughs) the director of Venom Let There Be Carnage, Mr. Andy Serkis. Andy, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. (laughs) Richard
5: Nealon, yeah. that's
4: right yeah (laughs) i'm sure you're getting a lot of questions about the 13 going on 30 sequel all day you know what i mean you'll be surprised you'll be surprised (laughs) Well, welcome to the show man congrats on venom let there be carnage the fans are loving it uh and it's been super fun to see everybody's reactions uh so i want to start for you kind of at the beginning because this isn't your first marvel venture you know what i mean you were claw on screen in a pair of marvel studios films and then you go behind the camera for venom let there be carnage what what has the experience been like behind the camera for a marvel film
5: i mean it's been incre- it's been extraordinary really from the word go i i, I love the marvel family they're such a gra- they're so intelligent the way they put their films together and you know the, the, the this has has been no exception the way that they've worked with sony on this has been has been great and uh so, I mean, this all started to go right back to the beginning. This all started prior to the first Venom movie. In fact, with Tom Hardy calling me and saying, "Look, Andy, I'm I'm going to be doing this character in a, in a in a Marvel picture, and it's a CG character, and I'm thinking, you know, might be using performance capture." Can I come down to your facility and and do some work with you? And I said, yeah, sure. Come down and we'll experiment and and try some stuff out. Anyway, he didn't. I didn't hear anything more from him. Venom One came out. It was a huge success. I loved his performance in it. And then a couple of years later, you know, when they were looking, obviously looking for for someone to helm the second movie, Tom rings me up and he says... Andy, uh, look, we're, we're thinking about who, who's going to direct the second movie, and and we we all would love to, to, for you to chuck your hat in the ring. So, so I mean, I was Tom and I have wanted to work together for years. As I've really re- respected him as an actor for all of the things that he's done. He's the one of the most fearless kind of, uh, you know brilliant physical uh you know embodying actors transformative actors and 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 so and i think also we have a very similar sensibility in terms of the choice the choices that we make with characters that we like to play so 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 it felt it felt like a really really great ma- match and then i read the script that kelly marcel had written and tom had been part of the story uh, creation with um and it, it was it, yeah it was, a, it, was a, it was a joy to come on board and, and it's been a, a fantastic experience the whole thing
4: I love how that comes together. That's cool that I didn't know you guys uh, had those conversations that long ago. I also like I noticed you know Woody's involved and you worked with Woody Harrelson on the Planet of the Apes films. Did that help convince
5: you at all? Oh, of course. I mean, (laughs) Woody is is one of those extraordinary actors. There is, you know, he's just a brilliant human being first and foremost, and an exceptional actor who is able to. He, he, he's able to pr- play the darkness of Cletus, Cletus Cassidy and yet play vulnerability and humor in equal measure and completely entrance you with that. And and so it was it was I knew it was going to be a, a special ride working with him again. I mean, obviously, I'd, like you say, I've worked with him on the Apes movies and, and and looking into his eyes as Caesar and and the character that he was playing in that. You know, we 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 became quite good friends and and so it was it was lovely to be able to to to, to you know to take that further and, into this movie so it was wonderful yeah.
4: yeah so so the first one you met i mean the first Venom movie was a huge success fans loved it uh it, it made a bunch of money it clearly warranted a sequel what did you look at from the first one and decide like these are the things i want to keep these are the things i want to do more of or you know on the contrary what were some things you were like maybe we could do without that like how did you kind of look at that and make decisions that informed your your sequel
5: well first, first off I, I loved the first movie And I loved the choices That that, that um, Ruben Fleischer Had made And I think he, he, You know That the, the kind of The setting up Of the origin story Was done really well And expertly And I think it, It's kind of Interesting One of the big challenges Was for this second movie Was tonally Where do we want to go I mean obviously We're, we're dropping in At a, a very You know At a different stage Of the evolution Of the relationship Between Eddie and Venom But it's like That could go in So many different ways But what was you? universally liked and if you could pinpoint one moment in the in the first movie i think that we all thought was the touchstone moment that represented the the flavor of 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 this movie it was the lobster tank moment you know everyone loved when 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 eddie climbs into a lobster tank he's feeling sick he's hot he's he's panicky he gets into in a middle of a restaurant sits in a lobster tank and cools off and then eats a lobster and it's like that kind of humor which is based in um you know such a dysfunctional character who's going through a tra- trauma uh, and the reality of that, but that level of slapstick and humour, that, that if you can combine those worlds so that you have real stakes and characters that you really care about and really, you know, want want and root for, um, but at the same time, you can then go way way up into into you know with, with take take the humor and the comedy as far as you can without breaking it and making it feel sort of self you know commenting on itself where you don't really care about the characters anymore you know that that was always the, the 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 challenge for this so that was that was one that was one part obviously i was stepping into the situation when like i say where you've now you're two years down the line they've been living on top of each other it is the seven year itch or the odd couple phase of the relationship and they're driving each other insane they can't live with or without other other um, but then but then so that, that that was that was a great thing to unpack and explore but but then we had the the, the you know the intervention from the greatest nemesis character in the in the from Marvel comics as far as I can see which is carnage you know and so to devise that character help devise that character kind of t- Sort of visually bring that character to life, um, change the palette of the movie, and also the ratio, the aspect ratio. We made, you know, we I wanted a much taller frame, so so to, so that you could, when the two symbiotes come to fight each other, you know, you, that they there was space for them to do that. Um, but but crucially, the color of Carnage and the palette of the, of the movie was very much more, I wanted it to be more saturated. And, and this is a big discussion that I had with Bob Richardson, amazing, amazing Academy Award winning DOP and very good friend of mine, Bob Richardson, who who, who we talked a lot about, you know, how we expand this movie and give it all of its um, tones and colours and, and flavour, uh, keeping it real by... Mm, Making the symbiotes feel they were really, really embedded into the environments, but primarily the color was driven by the color of carnage and the bright red that was going to be going through this movie. I really wanted to, you know, to make that believable. I wanted everything else to to, to up, kind of. So the first the first film's quite uh, monochromatic, really. It's quite you know dark and gritty and quite, quite monotone in many ways. And this, so this, I, I really wanted to bring color into it and let that play with with all of the other tones of the movie.
4: Dude, I could listen to your process on these decisions like all day long. I find this stuff to be so interesting, and I love how thorough you are and how thoughtful you are in those things. just in just in the color selection. I can imagine we're going to talk about a lot more than that, but uh, I just find it so so satisfying to hear you talk about these details like that. Um, and, and Carnage, of course, you know, Spider-Man and Venom villain for for decades now. He's been an Avengers level threat. Uh, he's been killed. He's been revived. He's been turned into a hero. And I think it was the Axis uh, comic. Um, he's been everything from comics to games to animation. Was there any one specific thing that, that, that stood out to you? You were like, this is the part of carnage that I want to make sure we capture.
5: Yeah, it was it was really the the physicality and the difference in physicality between Venom and Carnage. So so that that there's nothing straight about everything is off kilter. It's very idiosyncratic, reflecting the sort of strange, twisted nature of Cletus Cassidy and amplifying that through his symbiote. I want it. You know, it, it's like there's no there's no straightforward blow. It's it's the, the whole way he moves. It, it, there's no sort of bipedal walk really very little there's a little bit but not much bipedal walking of this character he moves by by using tendrils he can transform he's a shapeshifter. he he weaponizes and and uh you know uses these he's, he's kind of much more like a creature um that 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 can yeah can literally shift his shape and turn into mist he can change his whole molecular structure and turn into whirlwinds turn into you know all of these different things and that was that was and so we went through and i went through specifically lots of panels from all of the comics to break that down and see see you know where you can go where we wanted to go with with that and then worked very closely with our amazing visual effects team uh, headed up by the Sheena Dougal who, who, you know, and then really kind of forensically went into how does the musculature work? What is the, what is the flesh kind of density? It's kind of, it feels like it's a combination of tough kind of crab like shell on the outside and then soft sinewy sort of uh, membrane, uh, you know, which, which can be kind of glutinous and sort of, you know, we went into a lot of detail and looked at lots of reference to, to bring, to bring him to life in a, in a a real and and frightening and sort of, uh, yeah, as I say, kind of amplifying the twisted nature of Cassidy's uh, serial killer uh, being. He looked,
4: Carnage looked awesome. I got it. Like Carnage looked so good. So you guys nailed it on that. Uh, And also, I mean, if everybody listening, we are talking spoilers and this next question is very much a big spoiler question. So if you haven't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage yet, you're going to want to come back to the show after you've seen the movie. Highly recommend going to see the movie. Uh, But here we go. Speaking of bringing Carnage to life, we also kill him. You know what I mean? And so it's uh, it's it's funny to see the moment where Venom says what he said. I'm going to address that line next. But I want to hear first about the decision to to have uh, Cletus and Carnage killed off. Uh, Like
5: I know I know those decisions can't be easy to make. They can no, especially no. When you've got someone as Titanic as Woody Harrelson playing a Titanic <laughs> character like Carnage, that it's not. It's not easy. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, I always like to think. There might just be that little bit of symbiote that didn't quite get uh, devoured by venom and uh, that could be hanging around, you know, in in some baptismal font in the church That, that that's just sort of swimming around that that, that could uh, somehow come back to life. I always say, no, you know, no one ever dies, really. I mean, they were, hoping, in the comics, I'm, I'm, were, I'm still hoping Ulysses Claw is going to come back for God's sake. <laughs>
4: Yo, yeah, I'm with you. Ulysses Claw is a gem in the MCU. We need you back. He was, listen, he's killed off screen. I'll say it a million times over until I see him killed on screen. I, I, I believe he can come back. But, but it, you know, Veta, uh, Carnage has been killed and come, ripped in half in like space and left there and then still came back. So anything's possible. It's, you know, Correct. it's comic book movie world. Um, but also you, you, you use the F word in that scene, which is very rare for a Marvel movie. And I feel like that is a, a, almost equally tough to pull off. <laughs> you know, what kind of hoops do you have to jump through to get to get Be- Venom to use, to use that language?
5: Well, you know, the, the, you're allowed. The the, the the authorities allow you to to, to have for PG thirteen. You're allowed to have one f bomb word, and uh, so 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 we. That's where we <laughs> used it. We saved it for that for that particular moment. Um, I think. Uh, you know hopefully people will enjoy it um uh, but just in terms of that just sort of talking about ratings you know i I know there there were lots of calls for this film to be more r-rated and for carnage to be an r-rated character and i think what we've done in this movie is actually it it is dark darkly themed and actually the, the character carnage is is pretty violent but but you Hopefully, you want this to be seen by a wide audience. You don't want to be exclusive, and you want it to be, you know, loved by lots of people. So, so you push it as far as you can. And I do think we've pushed the limits. So, so it feels like it's a lot older and, and darker than than perhaps it is. And although it, it still adheres to all of the rules, so so we we you know I think I think it does feel threatening and menacing and and scary at times, and uh, and and feels physically real and threat, you know and and dark. So so I do I do think. In terms of ratings, I think we have pushed the boundaries.
4: Oh, I, I, I think so. I think it's sucking a tongue down a dude's throat in a prison cell. I don't think that's uh something you see every day. Uh it, I, I do love the the Eddie and Venom breakup scene had me rolling, man. That was so funny. Uh when they were tearing the apartment apart and Venom then goes and tears the motorcycle apart. Like I thought that was hilarious. I love you. Did you like look at was there any kind of rom-com inspiration uh to to bring their relationship in that scene together? Uh did did you look at anything else for that?
5: Well, you know, it is a sort of uh, we were riffing on the, uh, those tropes, you know. So, so for sure, the, you having the scene where we we just thought it'd be fun to to have the scene where all the clothes get thrown out of the window, you know, and uh, you know this is my house, and uh, you know, in countless movies, you know, we were referencing that, of course, but this between a symbiote and uh, you know a, a, a very narcissistic, screwed up, dysfunctional human being. So uh, kind of, it's and that grew actually that really evolved throughout on the page when we first started working on that 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 really started sort of that is one of the scenes that really did evolve into this big 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 set piece that was originally a one line of kind of you know venom slaps eddie or something like that and then it literally grew and grew and grew we, we realized there was there was lots of fertile ground for for humor and and actually it was important that it, it had reached this cataclysmic moment where they they can't be together, you know. And yeah, so there was fun in that.
4: That was a lot of fun. And then that leads to Venom at the rave. And I want to know, like, technically, that had to be one of the most difficult VFX shots. I I'm I'm guessing. I, I don't know. But you light up Venom in this setting with the glow sticks and everything. And I'm like, how that couldn't have been easy. I would love to hear about, you know, did you have somebody like in a, on stilts, you know, to get the light down? How did you like bring that to life?
5: Well, look, this is this is where we have the most incredible CG team working. And as I say, the most brilliant visual effects supervisor, Sheena Dougal, who's an expert in she really understands light and integration to your point. And Bob Richardson. You know, so the combination of of lighting it well, and there were we did have someone, we did actually have a physical person on set um, uh, who was who was who was there to be Venom, and a really tall guy, and 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 on top of his shoulders he wore that he wore a an a, a, a actual fantastically realistic reflective um in terms of the the sliminess of venom like a like a, a headpiece which which took his height to the right height of venom which is seven listen
4: if you guys wide. need if you guys need a house for that thing i'll give you my like just send me the venom uh, okay. and I'll put, it'll be on the display right here behind me but sorry go, go ahead okay <laughs>
5: But that was that was the lighting reference. And then we were able to dra- to drape it in in glow sticks to, to, you know, so that we could get the the, the, the real light reflecting ah, on, on yeah. onto the things that surround it. Um, but then it, then it all gets taken into CG world and and uh, put together, you know, but 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 that was again one of one of the big ambitions was to shoot Venom and carnage uh so that we weren't you know they're quite um i always say that they're sort of quite unforgiving in their in their designs as comic book characters because they're so larger than life it's not like any other cg character in a way um that their, 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 their colors and their scale and their size and their big mouths and the, and the eyes that you know to get expression they really had to act they really had to act in this movie and 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 so with with Bob, um, we, you know, I, I, we had a lot of discussions about shooting very shallow focus, so that the so the drop, you know, the the, the drop off was 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 you know felt intentional, and that, and that you weren't just celebrating these CG characters when they came, you know, like hey, no, I'm a CG character, you know, when it when they come on, that they really blended into the environments, um, and that that was that was something I was very that we were all very mindful of.
4: Yeah, I, I do want to talk about some of the. Uh teases that you leave for possible future stories, starting with uh, Patrick Mulligan and his eyes kind of lighting up when he whispers monsters, we know, you know, comic fans know he might go on to become Toxin. Uh, is that kind yeah, of yeah. like, is that uh, like, you know, when you, when you put that tease in there, is that with hope of a Venom three that you can do a story like that? Like what kind of stuff are you thinking about when you drop that in there?
5: A hundred percent. I mean, it's, you know, we, I, I, I think there's so much potential in this, in the, in the verse um for for really interesting journeys before you know the the kind of the inevitable happens which uh, which hopefully if we if there are any more movies and people go to the cinemas please people go into the cinemas please um you know um and 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 have the confidence to go back because it's you know these fan screens that we've been having have been have been amazing actually just seeing people back in the cinemas has been incredible um so so yeah i mean i think if the appetite's there i do think there's a wealth of of uh, of stories that could possibly even happen before before you get anywhere near the inevitable i'm not even going to say it
4: <laughs> well, I, I think that might lead me to my my next question. I got to talk about these post this post credit scene. Uh, and I mean, the reactions to this post credit scene has been insane. People are losing their minds. It's it, it is as uh, as Tom Hardy put it when I spoke to him about um, Venom and Spider-Man in our interview, he said uh, uh, wish fulfillment, I think is it what he what he called <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, so yeah. listen, I first want to hear, you know, your perspective of what happens in that scene with the hotel room, like, you know, what, what was kind of the direction, you know, you wanted to take it? Like, how would you describe that scene?
5: It's, it's basically you, we wanted to leave the the audience um, knowing that they are, that they are, you know, that the, the, these universes are going to somehow collide. And we, we wanted to do it in such a way that, uh, it, it still leaves so much open, and we're not timing anything. We're not, you know, the way of timing tying them together meant that there's still potential for, you know, they're, they're literally the portal is not being crossed fully, but it's 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 opening up more questions, I suppose, rather than 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 so sort of firmly saying. I mean, that was that was the that was the intention of it to, right. uh, to, to 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 to. It is a tease. It's a tease in the fullest sense of the word.
4: It's a really good tease. It's a really good <laughs> tease. And I'm t- I'm so curious because I know like when you start, when you become part of this big puzzle and these things all fit together, one thing leads to the next, you have to collaborate, uh, like the room changing, like when you kind of have to develop the look of how the room is going to change. Did you have to collaborate with other people as such moments may happen for other characters in the future? Like as like the multiverse blows open in all of these different franchises. Like, was there a collaboration? Was there kind of directors and producers working together to make sure
5: things matched? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly lots of discussion about exactly, you know, what what material what material can be shown. Um, You know, it was a there was a lot of fine detail discussion involved in that for sure, definitely.
4: Yeah, and so in theory, then Eddie and Venom could go have another adventure somewhere else, and then they could come back for Venom Three in this universe we've been following. And like, just kind of continue on, right? I mean, that's how that's the multi, cool. right? Is in your opinion, is
5: that how the yeah, works, I think? No, no, exactly, exactly that. Yeah. Yep.
4: That's cool. That's cool. I, listen, people are fired up about that. So I, I think that's, uh, you guys, you guys knocked it out of the park on that, on that credit scene. Um, I do, I want to go back to, to, to Carnage and, or not Connor, Carnage, Venom and Eddie's relationship, because sure. in comics, this is a relationship that they actually have a little symbiote baby together. And in this movie, they kind of, you know, I think they make the they make the reference to it that they have their first child here in carnage by accident because, uh, you know, that is a product of of venom. Uh, did you ever like was that kind of like a wink and a nod, or do you think that that's something that you could still do in the future?
5: Oh no, no, it, it was definitely. I mean, I think I think that's we were definitely out there saying that. You know, it, it you know it is it is you know the fact of the matter, and that go this goes back to sort of venom wanting. <laughs> you know he actually really loves Anne. he really is fond of Anne, and he wants them to get back together because he, he wants his bloodline to continue you know so it's 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 uh, you know he's 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 thinking two three four so yeah you know, 10 steps ahead of the game venom is um but no we, we really we i love i i really love that the notion that carnage is you know the spawn of of um the spawn of venom and uh, and and we really wanted to you know this this there is a lot more fertile ground to be had there i think
4: oh yeah listen if fatherhood was easy everybody would do it you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you raise a carnage <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to talk about shriek uh and shriek in comics is a mutant character uh and we kind of, I think we kind of tell them I don't know like how rights and all that stuff falls on on these things in movies but you get to use you know shriek in a lot of ways that are that that or her character from comics in the film um, was there any kind of like limitation on what you could or couldn't do because of the mutant aspect of shriek
5: well we we were very keen to kind of locate her in you know as, as she is in the comics you know go go into her background I think that was the, that was the root because really when you look thematically at what our movie's about it 's a lot to do with this, the dysfunctionality of early childhood and 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 being brought and being brought up in a in a less than you know loving environment and so you know there's there's eddie's relate you know eddie is responsible for the relationship you know for his mother died on, on on giving birth you know giving birth to him so that that sets up the relationship with him and his father that's the con- the connection that cletus has with him in terms of his terrible upbringing the brutalization of him as a, as a as a as a young child and the same with um shriek you know she's she's bullied and and ostracized and made to feel worthless and become in in the comics she's a drug addict and you know so it's 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 really it was important for us to to set up that the ground rules of all of those characters as real emotions and and you know real journeys that then you can springboard off and go into the humor or all of the other stuff but but to have all of those ground rules Truly reflect the comic what what's in the comics was 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 very important when when Kelly and Tom were were writing the script.
4: So if 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 uh, Sony were Sony and Marvel were to say we love it we want to go with Venom three how long will it take you to bring it to the world how much time do you need uh, from the from the jump to, to to delivery?
5: Well, this one. too Well, when, when I mean they they started working on this pretty much immediately as Venom one came out and it was a, a success. So that's. I mean, I think the, the thing is they've I think Kelly and Tom have been thinking about what is the next stage of the journey anyway. They would have thought of they would have had some plans uh, for where they could possibly go after this. Um, so I, so I, 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 I mean, it's yet to be formalized, but I know that they've they've had they've certainly had discussions about where. It right, right, right. It. Oh, you've got you've got to when you when you when you're going into you know a franchise you've got you've got to think about the arc you know of course you can't you, you can't think about them just individually
4: Oh yeah. And I know us fans, we appreciate when you plant those seeds. you know, we, those are the things that we pick up on that we're like, Oh, I want to see this grow. I want to see this blossom, things like that. So, and you guys did that really nicely. And I mean, a couple other things I want to talk to you about before I let you go. I love, dude, I I mentioned earlier, I love your portrayal of Claw. Uh, I I think Claw, the MCU is one of my favorite villains Marvel Studios has ever delivered. I wish we had more of him. Dude, he's so good. You're so energized in that role. And uh, you brought it back for What If recently. Uh, how was it? How was it slipping back to the character for a voice role? It,
5: it, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of well, it's, it's kind of interesting seeing it in a different format. You know, it's really uh, it, it, it kind of I love it. I mean, I think I think it looks gr- I think it looks really great in that world. It looks really, really cool.
4: Yeah. Uh I, I hope that one way or another the multiverse allows us to see you as that character uh more and more and uh, Dude you're you're just one of the most talented people. I I've you know, I remember watching kind of your lessons on how to uh how to do the Gollum voice. I think it was on one of the Tonight shows or or Jimmy Kimmel Live or something. And I was just like <laughs> man, he makes it look so easy. That stuff's incredible, dude. So watching you bring that character to life and and bring this movie to life, and next uh, one of the next movies we're going to see you bring to life is is Alfred in the Batman. Uh, and I, I'm sure you can't say much about that, but you know, how, how has that experience been? To you, what you you've been a part of all these franchises, dude. You're just collecting them like Infinity Stones.
5: <laughs> I feel so blessed. I mean, I feel so lucky to have, to have been able to play in all of these amazing, you know, in all these worlds. It's it's. I I never, I never, ever thought that I would be in this position where, 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 where I've, I've been able to play kind of such, I suppose, you know, different characters and, you know, go into the worlds and uh, exist in these different, uh, it's, it is, it's been an extraordinary journey so far and hopefully it'll continue. And I'm enjoying doing more, more, you know, I'm, I'm loving directing and I want to do much, much more of that. So, so a combination of, of, of acting and directing for sure I'm not going to stop acting but I but I I'm really enjoying this 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 part of the journey at the moment sort of bringing you know working with so many talented people and and, and bringing these stories together
4: getting to bring your vision I bet is really fulfilling yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, I do. I do have an Alfred question for you. You know, you're Alfred. This is a character that we've 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 seen iterations of in the past. All very different. We've had Jeremy Irons who's like super hands on. You have Michael Caine who uh, is a mentor early on and kind of stays behind the scenes. How does How does your Alfred stack up? What do you, What did you What kind of originality did you bring to it?
5: Uh, well, I can't. I, I I look in all honesty. I can't talk of. I can't talk about it. But what I will say is that I know that. Matt Reeves' film is going to be an extraordinary version of the Batman. I mean, it really is. He is—he's such a, an incredible filmmaker, and I know that he, he has worked so long and hard. And it, it's going to be—I it, think it's going to blow people away. I really do, and I—I I, I really don't want to spoil it for anybody. But that's totally fair. Time. I, to,
4: I yeah. respect it because that—that ends up being the headline everywhere if you say anything about it. And and I respect you—you yeah. you know, playing it safe. So, last thing for you. If Spider-man and venom collide, who you got
5: <laughs> uh, look i i i think it's going to be messy whichever way uh, whichever way it turns out um i, I yeah I, I i would hate i i fear for spider-man quite frankly uh, i do fear for him.
4: I just saw I just saw Venom take down Carnage. That's no easy feat. So Spidey, I saw and I also saw Tom talking about he's got his little Spidey legs hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, exactly. Tom wants to eat Spider Man. So. I know, I know. <laughs> listen, Andy? Yeah. It's an absolute privilege to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming on uh, and, and congrats
5: on the movie, man. It's a lot of fun. Oh, thanks. Man. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right, listen. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again sometime. Look forward to it. Thank you.